This is Marcus Long, and you're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. your host, Caroline with the K here, and have a very special guest, Marcus Long, who is husband, father, active duty naval officer, and real estate investor. I meant to say that backwards. He is a real estate investor first, and then an active duty naval officer because he will be exiting his W-2 very shortly. So welcome, Marcus. Thank you so much for coming out to do the show with me. Thanks so much for having me, Caroline. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So Marcus... Before we get started talking about your first deal, we're going to get into the Kiss Me segment where you're going to tell me and my wonderful 402 class all about yourself so that we kind of warm you up before you get into the nitty gritty and we start talking about financials. So the first question is, what was the first album you've ever purchased? Oh, wow. That's a, you know, we're gonna have to go back over three decades to, to remember that. And um, I probably Really? I don't... You don't look that old. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I remember specifically my first album. It certainly would have been on a, a cassette tape. Um, probably, what? Probably. Hold the phone, <laughs> guys. He just said cassette, not even a CD. Cassette. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it uh, probably the first one I bought probably would have been uh, some kind of country, uh, country music. You know, maybe a Garth Brooks or or something. I don't. I don't know. But I also remember buying a lot of blank cassettes and. Uh, recording off of the the radio uh, and stuff as well and you always had to be quick right to not not get too much voice at the beginning or the end of the the song so that's really cool I never did that but I always wanted to like I, I remember watching on video and my grandparents actually in the car would listen to a lot of cassettes but I never had the experience of trying to like record I did mixed CDs <laughs> okay so Question numero dos is, what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? Yeah, you know, I think that one of the things, uh, maybe we talk about this as we get into it and stuff, is you'll, you'll find out that my first um, real estate investment was actually fairly young, uh, 22 years old, you know, so I didn't really think a lot about it. I bought it as a primary residence, as we'll talk about, but I think one of the, the challenges over time, as far as uh, growth and stuff, was really uh, the network piece. So my first number of years, my first few investments and stuff were kind of slow and spread out a little bit. And they've sped up a lot more um, and gotten much larger acquisitions and stuff over the past couple of years. And so I think maybe not a challenge to start investing in real estate, but uh, one of the challenges in um, scaling and growing and doing things quicker was uh, the the size of my network. I didn't do a lot of networking real estate rise for the better part of the 10 years. And when you start doing that and you really see the value uh, in what other people can offer, whether, you know, partners or, you know, have connections, you know, contractors, banks, insurance, whatever it might be uh, to, to help you scale. So I think the networking piece um, was something that really helped me over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and that's definitely relatable. I remember like in the beginning, I 
I very much shied away from networking because I just didn't know how to do it. And I've learned that that's actually the most valuable piece yeah, think, of the whole thing. I think, you know, sometimes, especially when you're first starting, it's hard because you don't think you, you know enough or have enough information, or maybe you don't feel like you can provide value um, to others and, and stuff. And so you just have to kind of, whether it's, you know, virtual or in-person meetups and, and things go and look, see how you can provide value. Maybe, you know, if you have, you're a good, you know, website designer or something, you know, maybe there's something you can do not specifically related to real estate that you can offer uh, people and help um, and, and stuff to create value for them. And, um, you know, kind of goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you for that answer. And now the next question is, what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others may not have known about you? Uh, this, is, this is a little bit tricky. I didn't do anything like, you know, super secretive, like, you know, start knitting blankets or anything like that. So I think, um, I think, I mean, most of the stuff I did during the pandemic, I think people probably would know. I spent a lot of time, um, as you, as you mentioned earlier, I'm getting ready to, to transition um, out of the Navy after uh, over 20 years here in a few months. And so I spent a lot of time like focused on like mindset and, and, and then real estate and stuff as well. And so uh, the mindset piece just really taking a lot of time to think about like my purpose and, you know, my transition after two decades of like kind of having, um, you know, a team within the Navy and missions and stuff like that. So as I transitioned out, like what was my purpose, uh, you know, where was I going with my life and my family and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and the, the real estate was kind of a transition and looking at different strategies, you know, so there was a lot of learning uh, and stuff to do there as I transitioned from, you know, single family and some other strategies that I had done into, larger multifamily uh, things as well. And so I think I spent a significant amount of time, you know, kind of those two things and preparing for my transition over the next year. Wow, that's cool. Um, and that's important, right, to set yourself up so that you're ready to move out of your position now and into something new. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's really important. And I, I share that, you know, hopefully with other, you know, military people that are transitioning and stuff as well, because I think too often, we do get to the end of our time, whether it's four years, 10 years, 20 years. Um, and we've had that connection within the military uh, and stuff. And then you get excited about transitioning out, but all of a sudden, you know, you don't have that, um, maybe that network, or that purpose, or that mission that you've been working for for so long. And there's a, a feeling of emptiness and stuff. And so I think it's really important for us to kind of start thinking about that and preparing um, early on. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, the previous guest, Ken, actually, was talking about how he's he does like some volunteer work where he helps um, service members who are transitioning out of their jobs and to trans you know the transition between the military life and civilian life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, and our final question is: What is your favorite quote? Yeah, this, uh, that's that's a tough one. There's a lot of a lot of great quotes, but I guess I'd have to have to go with one I have tattooed on my body probably, which is uh, uh, "Be the change you wish to see in the world." And so, you know, I, I've, uh, I love that quote for a long time. And I think, um, you know, we all talk about things that we want, you know, how, we, you know, we wish the world was a better place or this, that, whatever, but we all have the, the ability to, to take action, you know, whether they're small actions, large actions, and to create those ripples and stuff. And so I love the, that quote. Oh, wow. I didn't even know you had tattoos. I do. I, I mean, you know, when we're at networking events, I don't walk around with my shirt off and stuff a whole lot. So. <laughs> Okay, it's one of those tattoos. Um, all right, so awesome. Well, now we're ready 
right? You feel a little bit comfortable, ready to get into the nitty gritty. So Marcus, ah, before we get into your first deal, I always have to ask, where are you based? Where are you from? Yeah, so uh, originally from Missouri and currently uh, living in the United Kingdom. Oh, wow. Exciting stuff. So you're investing in real estate remotely? I am. I mean, most of my you know journey has been remotely, uh, as we'll get into here in a minute. It wasn't initially, but uh, just being in the military and moving around every three years or, or so, even before coming to the United Kingdom, you know, as I moved around to Hawaii, California, Colorado, all those places, um, most of my, my journey has been long distance investing. Wow. So ladies and gentlemen, Mar and Marcus, you said you're leaving the military after 20 years in or 22 years. So that means that you were on the phone calling people, no internet. That, that's right. I mean, you know, uh, um, back in, even sometimes some of the things I was doing, you know, I might've been out at sea, you know, on the ship and deployed and um, things like that as you're analyzing a property or, you know, talking with a bank about getting terms and um, even the, the, the email and stuff like that wasn't necessarily the highest quality uh, and stuff. So a lot of challenges, a lot of frustrations uh, at some point in some time, but yeah. Wow. So if he, if Marcus was doing this before tech, now we have the internet, we have so much access to information. You guys can do it too. All right, Marcus. So let's get into it. So where was your first deal? When did you buy it? Tell us. Yeah. So my, my first property that I ever, uh, purchased was in Columbia, Missouri. And so it's, it's where the University of Missouri is. And so I had enlisted in the Navy right out of high school. And I didn't like one um, enlistment had been out on a ship and stuff. And I got selected for a commissioning program and was going back to the University of Missouri uh, to get my degree and get my commission you know, as a naval officer. And when I did, I, I decided to, uh, you know, to buy a property there. And I really hadn't you know, done a lot of, I wasn't in real estate. My family hadn't really been in real estate and stuff prior to that. I think, you know, I was a, um, always interested in like finances and stuff. I'd read a, a few books and, and things. I ended up being a finance major in, uh, in college. And I think just generally had this awareness that like, um, home ownership and stuff was kind of a path to, to longer term wealth, you know, and stuff. And so I, um, decided I wanted to buy uh, a property. And so, I wasn't really thinking of it as a investment property really at the time. I was like, you know, I'll live here um, for a few years. I'll keep it as a rental and stuff, but I didn't really know how to analyze properties, you know, as, as a, as a rental, I was kind of just looking at, uh, yeah, the rent will probably pay for like the mortgage and insurance and, and stuff like that. But I wasn't really taking into account, you know, like repairs and the HOA fee and uh, a bunch of other things. And I actually still have the, the property uh, today and stuff as well. So. So you own it. It's still currently a rental. It is. Yeah. So I, I moved in, I lived there myself for three years. And during that time, I actually uh, house hacked for a couple uh, years as well. Didn't really know, you know, I don't know that house hack was a term um, at the time, but uh, so that helped make it a better investment, you know, while I was there paying part of the mortgage and stuff. So and when how many, so what was the size of the home with three beds, two baths? Yeah, it's a, it's a three bed, two bath, a condo. It's a little over, I think it's between 1,000 and 1,100 square feet. Uh, it was new construction at the time. I purchased it in 2004. So it was a new construction condo. And so this property that you purchased, 
um, so you're talking about how, you know, you majored in finance. So did that help you at all as far as like analyzing the property? Because you said you didn't really consider other things like, or was it just, you know, you're young and you knew you needed, like, why didn't you decide to live in dorms or, you know, yeah. just like rent a place? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I initially was started in computer science and I switched over to finance later. So that was like, I bought the property before I actually started um, my uh, college, my freshman year of college. It was kind of as I was transitioning back. And so most of my stuff was like intre- interest in personal finance and stuff. But I really didn't have any formal education um, in it or anything like that. And I hadn't done you. Now we have like the biggest, bigger pockets and things like that that have like nice calculators and tools and stuff for us to use. And so I didn't really use any of that. Um, it was just kind of more just uh, back of the napkin analysis, to be honest with you, uh, at the time. And I really chose to, to do that versus living in the dorm because I was active duty at the time, even when I went back to college. So I was getting a salary and a, and a housing allowance and I had the option, you know, to, um, to purchase a property to live out in town. Um, Can you stuff. explain so, commission? What does that mean? When I said uh, getting my commission yeah, as a naval officer, right? So there's um, in all of the military branches, there are enlisted personnel and officers. Um, and so when I say getting my commission, it's essentially getting my commission to, I was transitioning from being an enlisted service member to an officer in the Navy. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, and then can I ask you, what was your criteria when you were looking, you know, you did this back of the napkin type of analysis, but for example, I had another guest whose criteria was how far away is the home from downtown or like his job. Um, so like, what were things that you were looking at when you decided to purchase the property? Yeah. One of the important things I was looking for is, um, that Columbia was about just a little over an hour, hour and 15 minutes or so from, uh, my parents and, uh, the farm, the family farm. And I still had a business with my father. Uh, we did like horse training, you know, we had broodmares and stallions and stuff, a tax shop and things like that. So we had a lot of uh, business based around horses. And so I intended, you know, since I was coming back to Missouri, to you know, try to get home on the weekends some to kind of help on the farm and with the business. And so when I was looking, I was really looking at condos uh, because I didn't want to have to spend my weekends, you know, mowing the, the yard and taking care of you know, the exterior and things like that. And so that's kind of why I was actually for a personal residence perspective, looking for a condo, you know, I had a HOA where they were going to take care of the you know snow removal and things of that nature. So I wasn't spending time doing that. And I could actually, you know, get on the road and go back to the farm and work. Oh, wow. That's Which is, it's a little bit interesting, right? So some of the criteria I was looking for may not be in the best interest of like a, a rental investment, right? Because now the, you know, the HOA have to take into consideration those expenses and stuff that come out of, um, you know, the bottom line. So how did you finance this property? Because you said you bought it at 22. I mean, you were active duty and getting a salary. Um but like, what was your process? How did you buy it? Yeah, so this this was one of the benefits. Um, really nice is that I used the VA loan on it, so I had to put zero uh, zero dollars down on the property, right? Which is awesome, especially at twenty two. You know, a lot of people may not have like a large amount of like capital um, saved up for a down payment and stuff. And it was 
you know, it was in, in Missouri, I think it was 80, around $86,000 was the purchase price. So even if you had to put down a 20% down payment and stuff, it's not a uh, significant um, amount, although it might be significant at, at that age, you know, a significant amount that age. So, but I was fortunate, I had access to the VA loan um, that I used at that time. Wow. That's awesome. You put no money down. So those of four or two, those of you listening, right? If you were a former veteran, there are some options for you. And my non-veteran friends, don't worry, there's FHA. There are other low money down options that can help you to buy your initial investment property. Wow. Okay. So then did you go shopping around or how does it work with the VA loan? Do they just give you a person? And before we get into that, I just remembered, how did you see this property? Like you said, it's new construction, right? And I heard that they used to have binders that you'd have to go to an agent and like look through the binders. So is that something that you went through? Yeah. So we actually had a a family friend that uh, was a realtor and had moved into uh, Columbia shortly before I was coming back. And so I reached out to her, kind of like let her know what my criteria was that I was like looking for condos and stuff. And she started, you know, kind of putting together a few and there, there weren't a lot of options. You know, there were about three, I think there were about three or four communities that kind of fell into like the, the area and, you know, kind of scope that I was looking for. And so I took a short trip back there. I had a, I was going up to uh, Newport, Rhode Island for a couple months for some schooling. I took a quick trip back to Missouri before going to do that and went around and, and looked at the properties, uh, that she had put together, um, for me. I remember my dad coming down, you know, uh, to walk through with me. Of course I was just 22 at the time. And, uh, the, the one I ended up buying wasn't actually built yet. Um, but I went through some kind of models. There was just a couple left that they were finishing the construction on. And so I went through uh, some of the models at the complex where I ended up buying. That's pretty neat. Okay. So now tell us about the financing, right? So, okay. You're like, yes, this is the one. And then you know that you can use the VA loan. And then what was that process like for you? Yeah. So, you know, I hadn't really done a whole lot of, uh, like I said, networking or even reaching out, asking banks or anything like that, um, prior to. And so fortunately that's like I said, the realtor was a good family friend and a, and a good realtor and stuff as well. So she took me, um, to a, you know, a trusted bank that she had and did, did a lot of work with in town. And they kind of walked me through literally kind of, uh, between the two of them, you know, held my hand, uh, through the, through the process and stuff. So it was, it was really good, especially at that age, like I said, 22, like I hadn't done a lot of homework. I probably wasn't near as prepared and stuff and, um, and stuff, but they were very helpful. So that's awesome that you had the foresight to say like, you know what, I don't want to pay somebody else rent. I'm going to live on my own. And then I'm going to house hack this place and I'll figure, you know, the everything came together once you had that very clear intention of what you wanted to do. So, yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to know, like when you decided, okay, I'm going to be going back and going here for school. Like how long was that process before you actually purchased the property? Yeah. So I think I found out, you know, probably, um, probably about a year in advance that I was going to be going back to, uh, to school. And I actually went home on that trip, I think was probably sometime around the like August or September timeframe was that trip. I went home uh, to look at properties and then I ended up moving 
um, back home at the end of November is right after Thanksgiving, I think, and closed on the property in December. Wow. So it wasn't built yet. So what did you do in the meanwhile? So it ended up being, it was, it was close. I mean, they were, it was like halfway done, I guess it just wasn't finished. And so it was kind of being finished up while I was in, uh, at my schooling and stuff in Rhode Island. And then by the time I got back shortly after, um, getting back to Missouri, you know, it, it finished up and I went and closed on it and then was able to move in a few days uh, prior to starting um, school. Oh, that's awesome. So that worked out beautifully. Yep. Okay. So then when you bought this property and you said you still own it today, right? Have you seen growth or has it turned out to be a, a good investment? Although you didn't have all the pieces and working things like you didn't know everything back then. Right. But has it turned out to be a somewhat decent investment for you? Yeah, I think it's been I think it's been a really good investment uh, overall for a, a lot of reasons, and um, it hasn't it doesn't cash flow today what I would look for. You know, if I were going to buy a single family, it probably right today it's probably cash flowing like a hundred dollars a month on that property, right? Uh, HOA fees have have gone up and things like that probably quicker than the rent has. However, I use a lot of the equity. Um, and do cross collateralization, stuff like that to acquire other properties. So overall, since the time I, I purchased it, the, you know, it's in, it's in Missouri. It's not like a huge appreciation amount. I think they're selling today for probably uh, 125,000 or so. So probably 40,000 more than what I, I purchased it in 2004, uh, which is still good, you know, upward um, trend. And the, the rents increased a little bit. One of the really good things is I moved out in early 2008, and I think since that time, it's probably been vacant for less than less than three months total. You know, we, a couple of our tenants have been kind of like longer term uh, tenants in there and stuff. And so sometimes when they were out, it was vacant for a couple of weeks as we did some some turnover. But there hasn't been it hasn't been like a every year type of turnover. So we've kept it um, filled uh, pretty good. And as I said, you know, it still cash flows. Uh, a little bit, despite, you know, all of the um, HOA and some of the repairs and things that I didn't really take into account, you know, as a uh, analyzing a rental property and stuff. But also, you know, I, I refinanced it a few years uh, shortly after moving out. I refinanced it, got a little bit lower uh, interest rate than I did had initially. And, you know, I probably owe somewhere in a, a ballpark of like $30,000 on it. And so the rest of that equity, a couple times, you know, I've been able to use as cross collateralization uh, as a down payment on another property. And so it kind of helped me expand my portfolio uh, oh. over time. Yeah, no, that's great. So um, and it sounds like when you purchased it and you said you house hacked. So do you mean that you were living in it and then you rented out the other rooms that you had? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So actually my sister lived with me for a while. And then also one of my high school friends that moved uh, down there. So it wasn't, I didn't actually have the intention of, of house hacking. That wasn't like part of the plan to make it a better investment or anything like that. It was, you know, I bought the property and then just the circumstances, um, you know, kind of ended up being that way where I rented out the other rooms. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. What a different experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I always ask, um, Marcus, is there any one piece of advice that you, you've 
dropped great information and, you know, finding a really good realtor, like setting a clear intention, although you didn't say it, but that's the impression that I got. Um, is there some piece of advice that you would give to someone looking to purchase their first investment property? Yeah, I think, you know, kind of going back to when we were talking about like the challenges and stuff. And although I didn't look at it as a challenge to get in, into investing, I really didn't talk to a whole lot of people about it. You know, I was pretty young. It just the, the circumstances allowed that I was going to buy and move into one um, and it turned into an investment that I've kept. But I think one of the things I would recommend if they're not already is to, to network. Right. And so whether that's, you know, in-person meetups, there's all kinds, especially after the pandemic, there's tons of virtual um, meetups. There are forums, you know, we, we mentioned like bigger pockets, depending on what kind of like strategy you're, you're looking uh, to do, but there's all kinds of like online forums, there's Facebook groups, you know, depending, you know, there's some, you know, maybe some military ones for, for us that focus on real estate or entrepreneurship. There's plenty of others for non-military real estate. So get into those types of groups, start networking, and it really helps your education uh, a lot. And then you also might uh, help uh, find people that can help you, you know, if you're um, maybe you want to invest in an area that you're not you know, living at the time, you might meet people that, that live there that can help you, or you connect with people in that market that can recommend realtors or recommend banks or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you don't have to, sometimes it's just this massive amount of like, you don't know what to do. You don't know who to reach out to. And I think as you just kind of start networking, uh, you know, your education, the, the options available to you just expand a lot. So that'd be my biggest recommendation. That's some sound advice. Thanks. Um, so if the 402 is interested in learning more about Marcus Long, where can they reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they can always go to my website. It's a longlegacy.com and it's kind of a one-stop shop. It has a, you know, they can set up a call. They can shoot me an email. All my social media uh, stuff is right there. So whatever, whatever means they, uh, they like to, to reach out and communicate. It's all, all on the website, longlegacy.com. And, 402, those of you that are listening, um, he has a wonderful little document on there that has 30 action steps to launch your legacy. Right? Get Absolutely. it? Marcus Long yeah. legacy. Absolutely. I'd love for them to, to stop by uh, to download that. It just has, you know, I talked about work on the mindset stuff. So it's a, a number of different things, uh, mental, physical, um, financial uh, steps and stuff that I've tried to put into place and I'll hopefully encourage others to do, to do the same. Thanks so much, Marcus. And that's all, folks. Thank you for listening or watching The First Deal Show. I'm excited for you to buy your first investment property. If this show has helped you in any way, I ask that you share it with someone. 